Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're back as the season continues to twist and turn away in its final rage against the dying light. We're back for an interim double game washout 37 edition just to keep you going until the final day next Sunday. And in the pod we're hoping reaches you without tech hitches and self-flaying, we're joined by Lee and Sam from FPL Family. We were a bit kind of concerned before that Sam would be busy with childcare, but she's available, which is great. We're not stuck with a wooden spoon, which is Lee. So Lee and Sam, welcome again. Going ahead and introducing yourselves to the good people. Of course, Tom. Yeah, thank you for having us on. I'm not sure I like being called the wooden spoon, but I think, <laughs> I think I'll take it as a compliment. Um, so, yeah, my name is Lee from FPL Family. We've been doing, uh, so we've had a Twitter account. And we've had our YouTube channel uh, live for about a year or so. We started it at the beginning of this year. So if you guys um, aren't following us already um, on Twitter, check out at FPL Family uh, or search for FPL Family on YouTube and you'll find our channel there. Um, it's kind of born from... You know, we used to most Fridays, Sam and I would sit there kind of at the end of a at the end of a busy week of work. and We'd be looking forward to what's going to happen uh, in the Premier League and also in FPL over the weekend. And we'd be talking about who our picks are and who our differentials are and what transfers we're going to do and all that sort of stuff. Um, and one evening I just I literally just said to Sam, you know, it'd be really interesting or we should at least see if other people find what we say about FPL interesting and, and shoot a video and stick it on YouTube and see what happens. Um, it wasn't a live stream to start with. We kind of matured into the live streams, if you like. But at first, at first we just shot something on uh, my iPhone, I think it was. And I kind of did a really uh, basic piece of editing work. And if you go and check out our channel, you know, video one from, you know, more or less a year ago, it was really basic editing. Um, and we got, you know, several hundred views. And I thought, wow, that's actually kind of interesting. People are kind of keen to hear what we want to say about FPL. So started up the Twitter handle and it's just grown from there. And it's been really, really good fun. It's been great to interact with the FPL community. Um, we get really, really good interaction now on our live streams from our live chat. Um, and it's just really, really great fun. What do you think of it? Yeah, it's been really fun this season. It's made it a bit more interesting as well than just you and I talking on a Friday evening. Yeah, what's not so good, though, is that actually normally of the two... Uh, I normally win most you know, most years. I've got a good batting average, haven't I? But this year, it has not gone to plan at all. That has not the case. I think it's made me take it a little bit more seriously this yes, year. Yes, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. So it's been really, really good fun this year, Tom, having um, you know a rival that's kind of flying up the leagues. I mean, you're in the top sort of 10k-ish area, aren't you, at the moment? Whereas for me, I'm down in the doldrums of 120, 130k with you know what one and a half game weeks to go. So it has been kind of interesting, kind of chasing my rival rather than kind of <laughs> looking over my shoulder. So it's been really good. Yeah, I mean, you obviously know that with me and Nick, the dynamic is fairly similar. Um, uh, Nick is, uh, I, I think it's fair to say, got into it a couple of seasons after me, but, you know, the last kind of three seasons has steadily improved and this season has absolutely taken me to the cleaners, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, really great to have you on and we're really looking forward to the pod today. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Thanks, Sam. Uh, great to have you on for the, for the second time and hopefully uh, this pod's not eaten by the tech gremlins this time oh yes hope so 
Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, yeah, just to say quickly who we are, we are Who Got The Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FVL. You can find us online, whogottheassist.com. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure to follow us, subscribe and tell your friends about us as well. Thanks, Nick. So this week, the double game we can swing. We'll avoid any depth conversation about that, thankfully, I think, for the four of us on this pod. And instead, talk a smidge about Gaming 38 um, as that approaches before maybe talking a little bit about a wider question we like this week about play styles, uh, exploring how Lee and I, as we alluded to earlier, have had uh, wildly different outcomes this season to Nick and Sam. Then, of course, to our features and answer your questions. Yep, and thanks for all the questions, guys. Um, so we're not going to talk about um, it too much on the pod, but um, let's let's do it quickly. Let's uh, have a quick chat about how, you, how you're getting on, Lee, and um, and Sam, and how your season's gone so far. So, Sam, I know you've been uh, taking Lee to the cleaners, as they said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this the season as a whole has been, been really good for me this year. Unusually, I'm not... I, I think before we went... Um, we started doing our streams. I was a little bit of a one for leaving my transfers till the last minute, making a decision on Friday night or Saturday morning, and it never really went very well. Um, this season, however, I've taken it a bit more seriously, and, and so far it's been quite good. Um, I've been around the top 10k mark for a little while now, so hopefully we'll finish the season just on, inside that 10k. Uh, this game week, however, uh, not so great for me. No. Um, triple <laughs> Captain Kane hasn't really gone that well so far, but we'll see what happens. Uh, on Wednesday evening, the rest of them, they're all ones and twos this game week, so they all need to improve <laughs> in their second games. But Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, from my perspective, it's pretty similar. I think this this game week has almost been a kind of microcosm of the season itself, <laughs> right? I spent loads and loads of time thinking about what my eleven was going to look like for this game week with all the doubles and what have you. Um, and actually, as it was, you know, I bring in someone like Cedric Suarez and he loses seven points to a deflected goal in the last minute. And that kind of sums up my season, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, I know. At least you got the five points. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Um, but my, so the season has been tough. I found it really, really hard this year. I think it's really been uh, difficult to call a lot of the games. Um, and I remember looking a few weeks back and looking at the bottom half of the league and thinking, you know, any one of 10 teams could go down there. And for me, that shows you how competitive the league has been this year. And it's been really, really tough outside of, you know, City and Liverpool. It's been kind of tricky to kind of guess where the goals and the points are going to come from. So, yeah, I've, I've just generally found it tougher to call these games this year. Um, and this this game week, and, I, you know, I'm glad you said we're not going to dwell on it because we shouldn't. I think it's been very tough for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, this game week more or less sums up my season, I think. Yeah, I think you made a good point there, actually. You're saying 10 teams. It's almost like 13 teams, really, because mm. you saw with obviously Burnley today, they were the ones that were taken to the cleaners with a 5-0 thrashing by Arsenal. And we ended up avoid. both me and Tom ended up having no Arsenal players, so we didn't bother with Aubameyang. And we've just seen, we've seen Paul <laughs> and um, Liverpool, City, Spurs, United all majorly dropping the ball. My, my only points, actually, this week were um, Lewis Dunk randomly getting eight points on a wow. bench boost. And, uh, and the second highlight of my week is one of my players getting injured which was Vertonian because he came off <laughs> so that's pretty bad and that's my second highlight yeah but at least that like he was pictured walking into the boxing fight wasn't he so I, I just think he had a train to catch or something like, it was just like you know what well, I think it'll probably be alright you know he came probably scored in the 90th minute as it stood uh, Alan Yom's West Brom uh, scored the winning goal which we'll talk about later I think <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but 
no, for me, it's, it's very similar, like 28 points, triple captain play to minus four. Um, the Vatonian of train catching fame uh, with, with a six pointer is basically the best thing that has happened. Um, no one else has done anything, which is which is really really sad. Um, you know, De Gea's got a got a save point. Uh, Jesus got me six because he's a triple captain. But you know, going through that uh, that city game without anything happening, I was lying in Greenwich Park in the sunshine having a beer, and I was just you know thinking, you know, I was waiting for the goals to roll in. And at the half time, I texted Nick saying, "Yeah, you know, it's it's half time, be alright." And Nick was just like, "Yeah, surviving so far." And then 60 minutes came. I was thinking, you know, what Sterling's going off? Uh, you know, Jay uh, Zeus is going to score soon, isn't he? Uh, and then the 80, 90 minutes, you're thinking, oh, God, my triple captain's completely failed here. And you see, you know, Jay Zeus passing to Otamendi in the final minute, and Otamendi slicing wide. You're just, oh, oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, you know your, your luck's not in. But, yeah, as a, it's, it's, you've got another half to go. So hopefully everything will, uh, will be better uh, in, the, in the second half of this double game week. But anyway, let's move. Yeah, fingers crossed, exactly. Uh, let's move on to the next, the first kind of talking point then, which is about game week thirty eight. It's the, it's the final game week, uh, and I think that it's fair to say it tends to be a bit of a fiesta. Uh, but we've got had a few questions on this, and it's worth talking about just because we're, we're moving towards it now. Uh, so, so Sidan Batia asked uh, for some crazy picks we might consider for captaincy, and Tom Campbell asked if it, is is it worth taking a minus four if you've got a team of eleven starters uh, for, for game week thirty eight. So. Um, I think just generally we'll talk about a few players that might maybe in our sites or, uh, you know, a few teams that maybe we're going to be backing for various reasons. I think Liverpool come to mind. Um, Lee and Sam, anything that, that's going through your minds in terms of game week 30? I know you spoke about it on your stream a minute ago. Yeah, I think so. We, we kind of wanted on our, on our last live stream, which we uh, literally just finished as we were coming on to meet you guys. Um, we started to talk about the teams that have got nothing to play for and are on the beach and have literally got their feet up. You know, they're on the plane, they're out there uh, versus the teams that have got stuff to play for. And it's actually kind of heating up a lot at the bottom and it's heating up again in that sort of, um, you know, for the top four as well. Since Chelsea beat Liverpool today, suddenly there's, you know, potentially some, you know, <laughs> Liverpool were kind of 10 points ahead of Chelsea. It was in the bag and all of a sudden it's not. Um so it's still within, I think, Liverpool's hands and it's still within Spurs' hands as well to, to say within the top four. Um, but all of a sudden, those are all, you know, we, I think we got to the end. We were going to get to game week 38 and probably those guys were, you know, potentially on the beach too. Or we might get some rotation from Liverpool because of what's going on in Europe. I think now what we're going to see, and Klopp has already said that he's going to, want, he's going to have to play a full-strength team there. And Spurs are going to have to play a full-strength team. So we are going to see, you know, the king in the north, Salah, versus the king in the south, Kane. And we're going to see maybe some extension of the golden boot, which we all thought was kind of over. And then if we look at the bottom of the league, you know, I, so I'm definitely not picking players from Leicester, Newcastle, Watford, Bournemouth, all those guys. They're on the plane. They're already there. Um, there's one or two exceptions, actually. And we mentioned this on the vlog, that Palace have got some real momentum. Um, you know, they're almost were at the boarding gate about to get on the plane. And, the, and, the, and, you know, Hodgson was like, no, 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 come back, come back, come back. We've got a few games to play here. So there's some potential points there. Um, but Southampton have got good momentum. They need to win. Swansea desperately need to win. Huddersfield, we think, looks safe, but you know could get dragged into it, depending on the result on Tuesday. So, yeah, I think there's a real split between teams that you would definitely look at, those that have got stuff to play for, and obviously those players, versus the teams that are on the beach, and you would just avoid them at all costs. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm certainly not thinking about taking any hits um, going into that last game week. Uh, I think realistically, with the double 
falling as it has in the penultimate week of the season, most of those key decisions were made with next week in mind also. Um, I've still kept my Liverpool players, things like that. So um, for me, it's going to come down to, like you say, the teams that have got things to play for. Pretty much everyone that's in my team now is from a team that has something that they're going to mean that's going to mean they're going to play right up until that last game of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I probably agree with that as well. Like, uh, it's it's interesting to think about. Like, the final day, I think, always throws up a lot of goals, just because it seems to be uh, a time to field your best team, uh, a, t- a time to kind of uh, you know, give players a final uh, final run out um, if they're at home. So Yaya Torre is playing the final run out in game week first seven against Brighton. I think it's uh, just one of those uh, moments where maybe you can take a punt on a team that appears to have a good fixture. And a lot of this is going to be based on fixtures here. And if we know something about the the form of the player as well, um, I think that that can have an impact. So I think like in terms of actual players, you might want to take a, you might want to take a punt on. Um, players like Arnautovic, um, probably at the top of the list, um, if he's okay. Um, I think he's been injured, hasn't he? Um, so he's got kind of, a, he's had nine shots on target in the last six. And same with Zahar. So Zahar's had nine shots on target in the last six and, of course, was productive in the last Crystal Palace game. Uh, Crystal Palace got West Brom. Um, I think that that might be a really interesting game just because I think West Brom have got to go for it. Um, Zahar is in a rich vein of form and he could be one of those players who I think that people are going to be making that kind of punt on. Uh, what do you think, Nick, about that kind of thing? Uh, is Zahar one of those players you're looking at? I'm aware that you're looking at Palace and, and kind of liking what they uh, what they seem to be doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, my, my game week 38 team is, is looking like a bit of a shambles, actually, at the moment, to be <laughs> honest. just uh, I remember last season, I managed to get, I think, 99 or 100 points in the final week. And I think this, this game week is going to be a stark contrast to that. But uh, having a quick look, I mean, I've, I've got a bit of a defensive crisis. I've got Morgan, Duncan, Dummett, all with uh, tricky fixtures. And I've also got a few stinkers oh. around, like oh. William and uh, Glenn Murray. <laughs> just Nice. Just sort of on my sort of failure of a second wild card. So yeah, I was actually thinking about Palace. You're right there, and um, there was a couple of players I've looked at um, in defence. I've looked at uh, James Tompkins as perhaps my my crazy pick, as they say, uh, as Satin said. Um, yeah, he's uh, in the last six. He's actually fifth for goal attempts with nine. He's he's also managed a couple of goals um, in terms of defenders that is, and seventh for penalty area touches within defenders at thirteen. And he, they're playing a revitalised West Brom, so uh, you know West Brom have really improved obviously since uh, Morgan took in charge. But I think four point three could be a decent replacement for Wes Morgan. Leicester definitely on the beach; they've been appalling for the last few game weeks. So Wes Morgan might leave, and I might bring in Tompkins. And and the other guy, yeah, was Sahard. I looked at. Um, it's a possible replacement for William because he seems to have a falling out with Conte and it's not even starting now. Only got about five minutes tonight. So um, Zaha's been quite impressive recently, as Tom said. He's a ninth in midfielders for the last six with 16 shots, matching um, the likes of KDD for output. Um, 12 of his uh, shots were inside the box. He's also actually managed four goals in that time. So he's uh, he's been in really good form. What do you guys, Nick, what do you make of the Southampton? Because I don't think many people are going to uh, consider Southampton given they've got to play City. But they're at home. You know, we've already seen today that City, I don't know. I mean, they didn't really get out of first or second gear today against um, Huddersfield. So, and Southampton seem to have picked up a bit of momentum in the last few weeks, despite the kind of uh, really bad goal to concede in the last minute yesterday. You think anybody in Southampton? I mean, we've, we kind of wrote Tadic off. Um, yeah. The FL family, didn't we? Yeah, so, so did we. we kind of <laughs> yeah, he's actually blanked. 
I think yeah. with Southampton, it's, it's, it's too much of a challenging fixture, to be honest, to be playing City on the final game for me, um, for me to consider the likes of uh, Cedric. They got Yoshida sent off as well, so they've now got a bit of a defensive crisis, I guess. Um, they'll have to play um, Holtz and Stevens. I don't know if Stevens is um, injured or not, but uh, Cedric would be the only person I would look at. But with that Manchester City fixture, I'm not going to be looking at that. I know Tom's still got uh, Charlie Austin sort of lurking in his team as well, but he always seems to get rotated a bit with Shane Long and I'm not looking at the likes of uh, Austin or Shane Long. And then you've just got kind of Tadic as the only other option. Redmond didn't start either, though he, he looked good when he came on. But yeah, I think I avoid Southampton, I think, for now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, season. I, I think you're right. I mean, it, it might be the case that you know I was going to just say for strikers that there's one man who uh, is, is alongside Jesus and Aubameyang for shots on target, and um, I, I think you may be able to guess who he is. It's Solomon Rondon. Who's um, going to be <laughs> exactly game <laughs> game week thirty eight? And um, they've got to play that game well, and um, but there could be some a serious motivation there. Jose Perez showing up as well on the striker charts. So seven shots on target in the, in the last six, uh, just 5.3. Um, with uh, Chelsea at home, um, I, I don't know about that because I think the Chelsea are really going for it. Um, and uh, also kind of Jamie Vardy, we spoke about Leicester and maybe being on the beach. And uh, Chris Wood as well um, at, at Burnley. Uh, Burnley got Bournemouth. Um, he's got six shots on target in the, in the last six, uh, and so thirteen shots in total, uh, twelve of which have been in the box. So that, that, there's something there, I think, and there's for once just a bit of spread almost um, for, for kind of one week punts. Uh, but I think game week thirty eight, guys. I mean, I don't know what your memories are of that, Lee and Sam, uh, but to my memory, you know, Nick, Nick just said he got ninety nine hundred points last 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 year. I got I think got hundred points. Um, got rid of Josh King at the last instance because he was injured, but kind of uh, what are your memories game week 38 and, and how might that inform your moves um, after we know, obviously, the outcome of the double game week? Yeah, indeed. So I, I've got some good memories of, uh, of game week 38 from last season too. I mean, I, I don't know if I was in the 100-point club, but I was certainly getting there. Um, but I do remember um, the, the Aguero moment when City <laughs> won the champions, uh, when they won the, the championship. I remember kind of, I think, if I remember rightly, I might have even doubled up on like Aguero and Balotelli, which sounds like bonkers, doesn't it? But I think it was a Balotelli assist for Aguero goal. So as much as Sergio had his shirt around his head, flinging it and running around the Etihad, I was doing the same here in the FPL family front room. I was going, assist and a goal. And I think Aguero was my captain too. So mm. yeah, generally speaking, game week 38 holds some pretty good memories for me although at the same time it's kind of tinged with a little bit of you know well it's over for another season and you know we've got not got any Premier League or FPL now until August or September um, but thankfully we've got a World Cup this year so maybe that the, the, the effect is kind of lessened a little bit any game week 38 thoughts from you? Um, I'm just I was just trying to think back um, I, I seem to remember my season ending well last year because of all the Kane goals um, oh, four against Leicester, wasn't it, if I remember? Um, yeah, so I seem to remember it ending positively. Um, but yeah, I think I think by the end of the season, I must have had Kane and Aguero because I seem to remember being quite happy. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Ben Davis showed up with a couple of assists as well, which uh, helped me out a little bit. Yeah. 
It's a little risky punt um, that I had at the end of the season. So, uh, so Nick just mentioned a risky punt that he's taken, which is, which is not a, a normal uh, incident, I think, for you, Nick, is it? You don't tend to take risky punts very often. Yeah, I think I think this year I've been relatively patient, I guess, um, and it and it did pay off in the uh, opening part of the season. So, um, yeah, you've described me as conservative with a, a small C. I must hasten to add <laughs> uh, because uh, because <laughs> this season is um, I've generally stuck with the players that have done well and I haven't decided to rotate and um, I think it was my first wild card that really did me well because I had the likes of Kane, Salah, Alonso and Sterling and they were all kind of sort of really key members of my team. I had I did actually have a little bit of a look um, on, I don't know if you guys know, a new plaid.net. It's quite a good website that shows your kind of performance over the season, your, how your players performed and uh, I've had all four of those guys for over 25 game weeks and uh, Salah's had 11.6 points per game week. Kane has given me 9.4, Sterling 7.4 and Alonso 5.5. So they really performed to me, those guys. And having them throughout my season really paid off for me. Yeah. But I think the, the sort of the conservativeness has sort of not really paid off in the second wild card. My second wild card has been a bit of a, a dog's dinner, really. It's been a bit of a shambles. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit of a shame about um, a few of my picks because like, I'm more, Beth Morgan's been terrible. Rian Mares. I should have got rid of him last week, but I decided to sit on my move and I didn't get in Sterling, which was really stupid. I didn't have any Manchester City players whilst they thrashed West, uh, West Ham. And I've also still got William and Son and neither of those guys are starting much either. So it's been a bit of a crap um, second wild card, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, maybe I should have been a bit more um, hasty in getting rid of those players that weren't performing for the second time. But in the first half, it really paid off. Yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think a lot of it has been just, just kind of your conservatism, the conservativeness of a small C, as you said. I think there's some, there's a certain similarity with Sam, am, am I right, in the way that you're kind of fairly patient with players and you're more you're more likely to give them a chance uh, versus Lee, um, who very, plays very similar to, to me and that he's kind of happier to take the chance on getting rid of the player and hoping to get that instant return. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm not one for, for taking big hits, usually, anyway. Um, it's got to be a big, big reason for it in order for me to do that. Generally, it's injuries or suspensions or what have you. Like, I mean, I've had or I had Alonso and Firmino since day one in the season, and they both went in the last two weeks. Um, so I pretty much had them all season, and they both, you know, like you were saying about um, Alonso, yes, doing really it. well this season. Um, and particularly Firmino, he's been a real differential for me until the latter part of the season because most people didn't have him at the beginning. Um, and then I've always had a Liverpool midfielder, Mane, it was at the beginning, or, or Salah. Mm. Um, it became um, yeah. just after Christmas, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I'm generally quite loyal to my players. The ones that, <laughs> the ones that, that you know, I'm, I will give them a chance. Um, if they have a couple of off game weeks, it, that doesn't necessarily put me off. Um, I'm, I'm try not to make too many rushed or, or risky decisions, and I. I tend to follow my kind of my gut on things. If if it feels like the right thing to do, I'll do it. I also have a rule that I don't do anything to my team on a Saturday morning because that always goes. I agree with that completely. It's crazy. Um, I, I'm interested by the fact that you've got such devotion to Liverpool players. You and Lee were like a red wedding, like um, <laughs> both knowing. Um, but um, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. And, and Lee, what would your contrast be to how Sam plays? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned, Sam, something about, um, you know, the, the, the change of approach around Christmas. Because So we were 
kind of backwards and forwards. We were kind of level with each other up until sort of Christmas time, weren't we? And then winter fell, obviously. And and as soon as that, as soon as that, we got to the other half of Christmas, you started pulling away from me. You got on Alonso early. You were, you know, you were picking the right players. Um, and I just, I just wasn't. I just couldn't catch a break anywhere. Um, and from then on, I was kind of like, you know, you were in the Iron Throne and I was just trying to catch up with you. <laughs> it's just a case of, and that's actually been a totally different mentality for me. It's just a kind of, you know, I, so I'm I'm used to kind of... Um, You're used to beating me. I, I was trying to come up with a way of saying that without sounding really arrogant. No. But yeah, I'm used to <laughs> my head and looking over my shoulder. But actually, this, this year has been totally different mentality of just trying to chase. So going back to your point, Tom, that's... That's how I've approached the second half of the season, um, sort of post Christmas. It's just to be a, is to be far more punty and to kind of have a look at players that you know you're not getting. Mm. Which actually, given that we you know vlog partway through the week, we kind of know each other's strategies, don't we? So in the second half of the season, if you were getting on a player, I therefore would be sort of less inclined to get that player. Um, same with captains, I'd be more inclined to captain a different a different player yeah. to you, right? And that's where the whole kind of Salah and Kane thing has been kind of interesting over the course of the season. So, you, Tom, you're absolutely right. My normal modus operandi is to kind of be, you know, look at the facts, look at the stats, look at, you know, what the community are saying, take all the information in and make a logical choice. Um, second half of this season, given I've had that mentality of chasing, I've been far more with my gut and far more, you know, just taking a punt here and there. That's actually been a lot more fun. <laughs> it's been and, more fun doing that. And actually, sometimes I think, you know, that's worked in your favour um, because it's made you look at op- other players that I haven't looked at. Um, and if you trust what you're doing, it tends to, it seems to go better if you think about it and it feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. What do you think of this, guys, in terms of gut feeling versus, you know, what's going on in the Twitter community and the stats and all that? Do you think you can be a bit, do you think you can have too much information from the community? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, Tom's been more of a risk taker this season, like with the double game week going for punts a little bit like Sanchez. And, you know, on Twitter, there was a lot of talk about Sanchez and, you know, the fixtures for Manchester United. So you took the hit to go for that move. I didn't necessarily read the same amount of stuff, but I know that it's been slightly different once you sort of get into that position where you're in the top 20k. And I've been in that position for, I think, about 20, 25 game weeks with not much movement, but just a general solid position. And Tom's been like lurking around the 200K. He's been looking for those differentials, the likes of Sanchez to try and boost him up because no one was really looking at him because of his price and his indifferent form. And um, I guess, uh, yeah, it didn't work out really with most of cases of sort of going for those punty players. And yeah, for me, I think just sticking with the guys that were doing well, not really rotating too much. You know, the likes of Sterling, for instance, been really good all season. I'm pretty much stuck with him uh, through thick and thin. And it's really, really worked for me while sort of going for those players. Sometimes, I, mean, I know Twitter is really useful for information, but there's a few people, you know, sometimes, you know, you just think you guys, you know nothing, you know, you just you just basically put some opinions out there and uh you know better to do your own research i think a lot of the time look at the stats yourself and make your own informed decision based on what you've seen as opposed to sort of trusting other people to to give you that opinion definitely so you can trust us you can trust us guys of course because of course (laughs) for me being on twitter is probably a good thing yeah yeah, exactly because i don't have this and on instagram it's very different um my instagram posts tend to be unless i ask for advice on something people don't give me advice i have to actively seek it out and that i think has worked for me this year yeah there's a cool community on instagram isn't there but twitter is like where it's at that's where the most of the community are and you get a lot of opinions don't you so you being you not having that 
maybe you're maybe you're a bit more like actually what I've been like in previous seasons, a bit more looking at stats and looking at heat maps and all that sort maybe, of stuff. Maybe, and I think I've taken it more seriously this year, for sure. Well, that's for sure. Uh, I, I think that also helps with the little ones being a little bit older this year. I've had a bit more time on my hands to right, have a look. Yeah. But I think um, Instagram, it's a bit more um, reactionary after the results, people talking about it, um, as opposed to talking about, you know, what are you going to do for the next one? So you kind of have to take what's happened in, in the game week before use the information as you so choose but obviously you've seen it for yourself as well so you, you can take bits and pieces yeah, definitely, definitely. um so it's a bit it's a bit less um constant than it is on twitter yeah yeah i can understand that because twitter is very it uh, can be very reactionary and you can see that on the forums as well it's basically like fantastic will scout and um, you can see like with all of the all the posts that come in that Earlier on in the week, people are a lot more punty. And then later on in the week, it feels like consensus forms to some extent. You see that on Twitter as well. Um, and I think that sometimes being uh, being subject to, to, to that kind of level of information can be quite, quite annoying because you can be led down one path to some extent uh, with that information. And... Uh, I think sometimes you can kind of start making, you know, when, when people start posting their teams on Fantasy Scout or posting their teams on Twitter, like you see them a lot more and you kind of start creating almost an unconscious tally of, of the captaincy and you kind of, uh, a herd mentality, I think, kicks in a little bit more. So the mm. idea that you want to be part of the herd, you don't want to lose out on points, you know, the idea of fear, you don't want to, you're, you fear missing out on points that other people are, are going to get over you if you captain that particular player and greed as well. So you want to be part of that um of of that kind of captaincy bounty almost and i think, I think that, that kind of fetch you a little bit you know obamiang this this week so far is, is is a big example of that like you kind of think well could i have seen it without having twitter in front of me um would i have looked at that and thought well you know what um every plan that i had if i wasn't on twitter so much i maybe wouldn't have um considered uh, Jesus being so essential and yeah. um, I really think he does seem very essential compared to you know the Twitter community I think it's only like five percent of managers captain Jesus this week which is absolutely ridiculous in in, in the context of six million people um who are allegedly still playing um but um <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that number is that number is incredible really um so yeah there's some sort of option to think well you know am I going to use my own judgment here yeah I probably should do but you do end up kind of looking at in a narrow prism of things, I think a little bit more through being on social media. I think maybe next year, I mean, Lee, what are you going to do next year? How are you going to approach that next year? How are you going to fight that next year and, and maybe <laughs> be insulated earlier on? Win my crown back, <laughs> hopefully. Well, no, I it's mine now. Oh, that's it. You got it. <laughs> I've got it for life. Okay. That's okay. It. okay. Well, I, so I don't know. I, I guess, you know, having this is the first season we've done um, FPL Family. And if I think about how um, I used to play um, FPL before we did the whole FPL family thing, um, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't, you know, I didn't look at Twitter at all, actually. And I you, did used to use, you know, Fantasy Football Scout quite a lot. And I'd go on Reddit a bit and look at some stuff on there. Um, I, you know, a lot, I do a lot more eye test. So I'd watch Match of the Day in a bit more detail, probably, and things like that. So um, I'm kind of, and maybe this year, maybe I've done less of that and more kind of listening to the Twitter community. And like you say, um, guys, you know, it's there's, there's loads of great reasons why you'd want to be part of that Twitter community. A, it's a great community. Uh, but B, there's loads of great opinions and things like that. I think what I'll do next year differently is maybe just try and find a happy medium between those two. Um, again, I look at my game, look at my overall rank and I'm kind of 120, 130. It's maybe not where I'd want to be, but it's also not awful. <laughs> it's also well, it's not terrible, right? It was a few weeks back. 
Yeah, and yeah, and actually, if I go, yeah, four, so four or five weeks ago, I was at sort of five hundred k or something. Uh -huh. So, and you know, doing the blogs and looking at the Twitter community and actually having the Anfield Express <laughs> thing on helps. Twitter really helps. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how I'm going to change my approach. Is probably um, probably try and find a happy medium between how I used to play with all the facts um and just you know rather than just going onto twitter and looking at opinions that are spreading like wildfire you know yeah that makes sense i think this season i've tried to find that happy medium it's the first year i've actually had the sky sports package so i've seen a lot of football it's also our first year on twitter so i've had all of that side which has been really helpful and i've also used the uh, fancy football scout membership it's the first time i paid for that so it's been mm. a lot of firsts for me this season it looks like uh, providing I don't screw up because I'm quite close to it, um, it'll be my highest um, season ever because I think my second first highest was 25k. I'm about 16k at the moment, cool. so hopefully it'll be my highest season ever. And yeah, definitely help. I think Tom's paid his debts a little bit in terms of Twitter this season. Maybe he's going to be you know try and use the other sources a little bit more again. But we'll have we'll have to see. I mean, you've, you've done pretty well, Tom. You just I think it's your worst season in a while, but you're still you're still up there, really. Yeah. Um... It definitely is my worst season for quite a while. So the last three have been a 12K, 2K, 21K. So I guess I need to have 221K just to get <laughs> sense of symmetry or whatever. Um, yeah, no, thanks for that, guys. Really interesting discussion. Um, let's take a break there, then we'll move on to our features section. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's time for our regular features, the anti-meta update, Watch, and uh, the final market forces of the season. So we're going to start with the uh, anti-metas, see how, how they're doing. This is our team of the uh, under Tempton own players. I haven't been absolutely destroying it uh, so far, I'm afraid. They're on 41 points, which is, which is okay, I think, in terms of a double game week so far, right? They're bench boosting, they had Dubravka with a penalty save, they had Edison this evening with the clean sheet and a couple of bonus. Uh, Oatsall didn't play uh, Carol just got off the bench and the K didn't play uh, but yeah Callum Chambers and, and uh, Eden Hazard with a clean sheet uh, made up the rest there um, but yeah 41 I think they're down in the kind of 1.8 million um, they've got they've made a little bit of a gain this week uh, took a minus four brought Sanchez in and also brought Lekegia in uh, who run, won an equals round between on XL if anyone knows what that is um, but unfortunately he's, he's not showing up uh, one man who did get a clean sheet, though, is is Alan Yom. Um, I think it's an interesting one this week because Alan Yom has uh, been spotted playing in a fairly high-profile match against Spurs, hasn't he, Nick? Yeah, and it was a, there was an incident with Danny Rose, which a lot of people uh, tweeted us about and uh, sent us videos, so so thanks for that. I guess, I guess it's time for Nyom Watch, isn't it, Tom? Yes, it is. Uh, this is Nyom Watch. Uh, this is where we follow Alan Yom around due to his crazy 5.0 price tag. This this week's Nyom Watch. This week, Alan Yom was spotted playing football against Spurs. He had 39 touches. Four were in the opponent's half. He had 24 passes. 17 were successful. That's 71% for those doing a maths degree. He earned one clean sheet, but he only earned five points. This is because he got one yellow card. Why? Well, he was mentioned in dispatches thusly. In the 67th minute, Nyom is cautioned after an altercation with Rose, who is also booked. What that doesn't show is that Alan's amateur dramatics down the village hall really paid off. Suddenly, he seemed to remember the time he was an extra in their, st in their stage production of Platoon, as he suddenly went down the frankly hilarious nose-to-nose -nose of Danny Rose. He was later pictured on James McLean's Twitter, dancing around shirtless after the game. Needless to say, 
Rose's heavy blow failed to injure him nor dampen his spirits. So if you see him down the supermarket buying a clutch of reduced sandwiches, we're out on the high street on a bank holiday weekend, wolfing down the mystery kebab, let us know. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who took part this week. We just had so many people using the hashtag NeonWatch, and it was awesome to see. So hashtag NeonWatch if you see Alan anywhere that's worthy of note. Yeah, thanks, guys. Only one more NeonWatch for the season, and uh, hopefully he'll play and uh, cause some more uh, crazy antics. But, yeah, we're, we're wondering whether Alan's going to be in the Premier League next season. It's, it's looking like he might not be, which is quite sad to see, unless someone like Huddersfield feel like they need a new right back. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, great and much as always, Tom. Thank you. We're going to move on now to the um, the market forces section. This is our section where we use FPL data to describe some of the key trends in the FPL economy to try to give you guys an insight into the key moves and shakers. It's the last one of the season, so we hope um, you've enjoyed them all and found them useful. And yeah, we'll definitely continue this uh, section of the pod for for next year. So, um, in terms of the market forces, the, the bigger mo- the biggest mover actually in terms of transfers in is uh, Wilfred Zaha. It's someone that I um, referenced earlier and gave some stats about how he's uh, been relatively attacking in the last uh, few game weeks, got a few goals, and um, they've also got the easier fixture of West Brom. And I, I kind of thought it was always oh, a bit of a differential pick, but clearly not, seeing as he's the most transferred in player this game week, uh, with um, over 8,000 transfers in so far. We're actually seeing a limited activity so far in the market forces. It's, it's very quiet in terms of the market. It's not normally this low when we when we do a pod. I guess it's because we're sort of sauntering towards the end of the season plus the game we can still continuing on with the double. But yeah, Saha's leading the way in terms of transfers in with 8,000 so far. Otherwise, we've got uh, Lukaku. He's being heavily sold. He's injured or he's got a knock. So um, yeah, it looks like he might be out for the season. Over 10,000 people have sold him so far with his uh, foot injury. Vardy's had over 7,500 transfers out. They've got Spurs as their final game week of the season. So, you know, they've got a, a relatively tough fixture and he's, uh, he's not been doing too well. And I think just in general, Leicester have been appalling recently. They, they're definitely on the bus, so, um, on the beach even. So, uh, yeah, no surprise there that Vardy's being sold as well. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, you will see players like uh, like Chilwell being sold. Thirteen thousand people have gone rid of him. And after uh, what one game out of the team, um, Son has been sold as well for uh, by almost five thousand people. Also, Willian's been sold by almost seven thousand. And obviously, we're fairly early on in the market forces. Um, but Lee and Sam, what are you expect to see uh, going ahead of thirty-eight? I mean, anything like any kind of data points like that that kind of uh, come to mind as being something which is going to inflate or deflate. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, so I think it's uh, it's astounding that you managed to do Neon Watch without mentioning Salman Rondon. That's that's the first thing to say. We're very disappointed <laughs> here in your family that he didn't get mentioned in dispatches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, you know, Salman Rondon is is not a terrible pick. I don't think. I mean, I, I looked at some some stats before I came on. I think he's up there in terms of shots on goal. You know, I mean, it, and West Brom have really improved in late under Darren Moore. I mean. Goodness knows what they could have achieved if they'd have got rid of Alan Pardew quicker than they did. Um, so Crystal Palace away is obviously not a, not a you know not an easy game given that Palace have got a bit of momentum as well. But you know I don't know it's looking at someone like Rondon a, a terrible idea. But I mean the, the market forces speak for themselves. Zaha in yeah absolutely Palace despite being safe don't seem to be you know quite on the beach yet. They do seem to want to put in performances and, and finish the season on a high, which is good. So you can see why Zaha would be in. Um, and all those that were out, you know, Lukaku, Vardy, Son, William, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Vardy in particular, I mean, Leicester are just awful right now. They really are on the beach, well and truly on the beach. So um, I, ex- I expect Mares is in is in those market forces as well if we were to delve into it in a bit more detail. So, um, 
yeah, those are my thoughts on it. What are you thinking? I mean, totally agree. I think Zaha is a really good pick for, for 38. But I also think if you're looking for a differential, then you know, Loftus-Cheek has got to be up there as well. Um, since coming back from injury, the pair of them seem to be having good good revivals, really. Um, so I can see them in. William, I don't know, Conte's comments um, at the end of the game today about needing to play a rotated team because um, his team are tired in build-up to the FA Cup. Maybe William will, will get a game. Who knows? Um, I can't see some being rotated anymore, though. I think... Uh, I think we've learnt our lesson with leaving Sun out. Uh, okay, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Lee and Sam. I'll take a break there and move on to our community section. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and um, it's time to catch up with the Who Got the Assist mini league. It's going to be a quick update, seeing as we're still going through the game week. But um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a free horse race um, for the uh, the final uh, number one slot. Uh, team name Jamal Rice uh, still at the top at the moment. But uh, Damitane, La 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 Land, he's uh, just behind. And uh, heroes and villains, Simon Rutherford, he's um, making a late surge to the top as well. Um, he's got Kane triple captain, so he could easily um, do it as well. And they're all in the top 100 as well. So well done, guys. And uh, let's see who ends up top. Yeah, and we'll do a final update, obviously, after the game with 38 pod, uh, which will come at you probably a few days after uh, May the 13th for Sunday, which is the final game week. Uh, Nick and I were going to take a bit of time to look over uh, everything that's happened and try to give some sort of kind of end, end of season analysis and look at maybe the uh, the future trend series we wrote before the start of this season. We're going to retweet those over the course of the next week and um, just talk about everything that's kind of happened and whether what has happened has matched our predictions. Okay, um, and we'll move on to the questions now. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the questions this week. Um, obviously, we had a few sad responses uh, to everything that which has happened in this double game week so far. And we just got to mention those. I hope you both in the game week. Everything will be hunky dory. Uh, we've had a few people uh, who have messaged us in. So Mark Marley has asked, "Why am I so uh, rubbish at FPL?" And FPL Chelsea has asked, "What's the point in anything?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> FPL Rooster has asked, "Grodan, Grodan uh, Mustafi, why are you such a disappointment?" So there's a few people who are not very happy about this week. We know that, and uh, we can only hope. That by the time you listen to this, um, you you feel a bit better, or you are listening to this after having a hundred point uh, double game week versus seven. Okay, uh, moving on to the actual questions. Uh, the first question this week is chips off. Goops asked if we over focus too much on the chips and should have accounted for form. So buy players like Zaha, despite the fact they had no double game week. I think this week is quite interesting in the fact that the optimum front three seems to have been Giroud. Or Bamiyang, and you know you could have had some uh, Andre Greyjoy if you brought him in. But there's always players that are outside of the consideration. Yet for whatever reason, seem to have shown up this game week. Um, unfortunately, we all seem to have a very similar team. We all seem to have had a very similar fate. But is there any mileage in considering players who are just inform, no matter whether it's double game week or not, and bringing them in? Uh, Lee and Sam, what do you reckon to this? Yeah, so I think. Um... I'm, I'm personally a massive fan of the chips. I think, you know, we used to, in seasons gone by, get to this stage of the season. The template is pretty well established. Um, and if you want to break that template, you've got to really look hard for the differentials, um, which is not not a bad thing. And, you know, a lot of us are trying to do that towards the end of this season. Uh, but the chips have really shaken it up. I mean, I, I think they dropped I think they dropped one last year. So what was that called last year? Attack. All out attack. All out attack. And that was... That was not great, actually, because that just meant you could sub a defender for a forward and, and play your front eight for one game week, which was a bit meh, to be honest. 
Um, but then they're going into this year and they swap that for um, which was the new one this year? Was it no? We had bench press. The had free hit. Captain. The free hit, of course. The free hit, and the free hit has been awesome, right? I think that's so. That was such a cool and fun game week. Game week thirty-five, I think, wasn't it? Where there was a reduced amount of fixtures, and we knew that was coming. Always happens every year. Um, and for those that kind of saved their free hit chip for game week thirty-five, yeah, awesome because it was almost like having a you know starting again. And I, I had so much guff in my team at that stage. I had Wilson, I had Mares, and I had some terrible players. It was awesome getting rid of those and getting some really great players in for that game week. I actually had a really good game week, that one. Um, the only downside is you open up your team for game week 36 and, and Mares and Wilson and those guys come back in. Um, so I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of the chips. So I don't know what you think of the chips. Well, I think um, I like the chips. I just think that, and we learnt this off the back of 34 with what a lot of people were saying. I actually had a fantastic game with 34. It was my best one of the season. Um, but I think that there was definite mileage in in keeping some key players who weren't on a double. Um, and a lot of people kind of went all out for getting just a full double team. And then you missed out on, on key points from players that were just a single game weaker. And I think that's what we're seeing again in in this double game week, that you you do have to play you have to play it um, with one eye on the players that are in form at the moment, regardless of whether they're on a single double, single or a double, yeah. whether they've got a difficult game or or a hard game. You I know, mean, this week I kept Salah on the basis that he's been on form. Um, he, I just in, I just could get rid of him. I just kind of felt like you know with Brighton in the last game in the season, I didn't want to lose him. Um, so I kept him, even though it was a hard game and a single game. Um, it's not paid off this time, but it so easily could have gone the other yeah, way. Sure. So it's it's just using those chips and, and thinking really carefully about are you disadvantaging yourself by by taking out people that are on singles or not playing them? That sort of yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Uh, I think with with, with Salah, the stats were so good, weren't they? Yeah. Um, in the last six, they were amazing. Um, and the whole season has been posting incredible stats. There's almost like there's some sort of sense of fatigue uh, popping into his game almost, but there's no way you can account for that almost. And I think that with the chips, you, you can't ever look past the fact that some players are going to have a double game week. Like the fact that the players are going to have two bites of the cherry is, is just so much more alluring than players who have one definitely. bite of the cherry. Yeah, definitely. And, and this week it's turned this this year has turned out that a lot of the players who have one bite of the cherry have had a had a very big bite, and the players mm. who are having their second bite are, are not doing particularly well. But at the same time, like I think that I played it the same way every time. Like I don't always have gone in for the double game with players. I'm afraid goops like. I, I think that that would have been the way I'd have done things. I'd have always been planning for the best case scenario because I mean, if you start planning for the worst case scenario, like you start looking at players and thinking, well, I'm going to get in the single game with players. I'm going to go completely against the, against the grain. A lot of the time that's really unlikely to happen. Like the way it's turned out this week, I mean, obviously it's kind of, uh, which has drove on and on. Um, but at the same time, it's not been something which is particularly statistically likely to happen. It's just been unfortunate that Spurs have lost and Man City have drawn. I mean, what do you think, Nick, about this? 
Yeah, I think it's been tricky, and I've I've really thought that the uh, the free hit chip. I agree with Lee and Sam that 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 was a great new chip, um, and it really worked to the blank game week, and I had a had a great game week that week, and then I had to return to my sort of dross again. I had the likes of Mares and Williams, just and they were back in the team. Wes Morgan, as I mentioned earlier, so I think the free hit chip was a, a really good chip this um this season. The the chips and um, the triple captain was a fail for me, having it on Harry Kane. Uh, early on didn't work out and uh, the bench boost is looking a bit dodgy even though I've got sort of Lewis Dunk points on the bench I've also got Joe Hart and uh, he's apparently sick of course so um, you know like it's just not worked out very well for me the chips um, apart from the free hits so but I, I still feel like they're an integral part of the game and they you know, they add an extra dynamic and an extra skill set and trying to navigate those double game weeks and navigate those blanks by using the chips for those. You can definitely sort of set yourself aside from some of the uh, the more casual players who, who don't necessarily understand how the chips work and could use them on just like any old week. And I still feel like the triple captain, the bench boost are designed for those double game weeks and they're the perfect times to to play them, even though we've seen, you know, it's, it's been a dodgy week, like um, like we both said earlier, with like the likes of MacArthur and, you know, Jake Livermore, 11 points, you know, uh, Fraser getting 11 points, Pereira getting 11 points. They're all in the uh, team of the week at the moment. And you can't really say that these guys are in form either. They've just kind of emerged with random points and, you know, the guys that most of us have in our midfields, we got them because they were in form when we did our wild cards. Mares and Son, I got both of those guys in because they just got back-to-back calls in their last couple of games. And since I got them in, they did nothing. But, you know, at the time, it made sense to bring these guys in. It wasn't just for, for the double game weeks that I brought them in at the time. OK, um, next question is from FPL Awesome He's asked us a related question. He's saying, are blanks the new doubles? And he said, all season, I look forward to the doubles, hoping that my careful planning will boost rank over those who don't plan or have played chips earlier. This week, they've been a car crash. Returns have been pitiful. Blanks have given 100,000 green arrows. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, I think the blanks particularly, like, if you look at both of the, the the game weeks where there have been blanks, I think mean, those who have had um, a functional team, I think you and you and me, Mick, like I think on thirty five, both made a significant over twenty point um, difference on people who didn't have that uh, free hit chip to use, and thirty one as well. The fact that we were planning that game week to um, dead end ourselves almost in, into that kind of situation meant that we did okay. Um, I think next year will be interesting as well because I remember that you know, I did a little piece last uh, last year on the fact that I had been planning for the without the free hit. I mean, you guys have mentioned before that um, the free hit job is new this year. Like without the free hit um, last year, I planned towards it. Brought in Everton players and West Brom players, and they had like a pretty woeful run up. And I even ignored Harry Kane, who you know, surprisingly. Uh, by today's standards, was uh, on on actual rampage at that point. He was scoring mm-hmm. uh, hat trick after hat trick, scoring lots of goals, and uh, I was ignoring him because I was uh, too busy buying Rondon, <laughs> too busy <laughs> buying uh, you know Chris Brunt in the midfield over buying an Ericsson. And so this year I did buy I did buy in kind of Mares and I did buy in uh, Ericsson at this point, um, even though I didn't have thirty one blank. Kind of thinking, well, and um, I've got a. a 
calibrate myself for those kind of game weeks but with blanks particularly it seems that that's been what has given us a lot of gain on other players and given us the kind of the rank boost that we've needed and doubles has been more about other players making mistakes almost um lee and sam what do you think about the doubles i mean they've been very underwhelming haven't they and um, is that completely true for you i know that sam you said you had a, a really good 34 uh, compared to a lot of us uh, has that kind of coloured your perception of um how how blanks and doubles work yeah i mean uh, the the blanks have literally uh, the blanks and the doubles this this season have been either almighty highs or crashing lows for me so far i mean <laughs> 30 35 i think i got 125 or something um at that game it was ridiculous it was just every player even the ones that you weren't, I wasn't necessarily expecting to do something. They all did something. It was a fantastic game week. That then followed um, the, the the blank game week um, where I, I did have my free hit chip and I played it. And I was, well, you'll, you'll be able to say, I, I was very low on the back of that. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, it, it just felt like everything that could go wrong in that game week did. Um, actually, as it happens, I, I still did fine and, and had a, a green arrow out of it because people didn't have their chip. So, Whilst I felt very negative about the whole thing, it still gave me a right. So I still, it was still the right thing to do to pet. This double is going appallingly. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's happened. Um, I thought going into it that I had, I had a decent team. Um, all of the big hitters that should have been up there scoring me points, which should have given me a green arrow. No, none of them have turned up this week, <laughs> um, including, as I said earlier, my triple captain. I'm on Kane, um, but. You know, we've got six games to go. Those guys hopefully are going to turn up. I think I love them. I love the chips. I love the blanks and the doubles. I think they add a, a real dimension to the game. And and, it, and like you said earlier, it, it it sets apart those that are either new to the game and haven't used the chips before, or those that don't don't play as often um, and and just forget about the chips or use them earlier on in the season in a panic when they think somebody's got a good game week or what have you makes it more interesting, I think. I'm totally with you. I think they're great. I think they're brilliant. You know, you, you, the standard game weeks, of course, are great. And we plan for those. Of course we do. Um, and I agree with you. It's either, it's either a feast for crows, isn't it? Or it's complete famine uh, in, these, in these game weeks. Um, but the blanks and the doubles, it's, there's so much strategy about them. There's so much talk on Twitter about them. And all right, you know, this game week is awful, right? Sure. But we've got six games to go. So despite the shame, there is hope at the end of that shame. So I, I love them. I think they're great. They, they provoke so much thought and opinion in the Twitter community and I guess in the Instagram community as well. Yeah. And it tends to be, actually, those are the game weeks where we get the highest number of viewers to the FPL family on, on the channel um, because people are interested to air their views and opinions about their strategy and what chips they're playing and what have you around those doubles. So, um, yeah, I'm all for, you know, the, uh, you know, the cancelled... Premier League game because it's a waterlogged pitch or there's an FA Cup replay or something in February because we get to this point in the season and it's great. There's so much strategizing to mm. be had. And that's what differentiates, in my opinion, the seasoned and I'm taking it seriously FPL player from the casual player. So it's 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 really good. And I think at the beginning of the season or January time when um, when that Spurs and, and West Ham game got called off on New Year's Eve and it, it suddenly rolled into the first double of the season with those two teams playing twice. There was much excitement was, there, wasn't there? There yeah. was. And there was this sudden um, kind of chatter going on in the community about, well, do I play my triple captain on Kane? You know, he's got West Ham and he's got Swansea. Do I play it now? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
And actually, I love that that adds that that element because if you're not going to play it and you're going to hold out to the end of the season when, like you said earlier, it should be better because you know you're going to get a, a vast um, clump of matches that get cancelled for FA Cup fixtures and everything else. Um, so if you hold, you kind of sit through those matches watching it kind of through your fingers, don't you? And, it's behind and the sofa time, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. But if you choose to play it, then, then you know, you, you're, you're absolutely at that point of the season. It's almost essential that it pays off for you because you've used it and you know that everyone else has got it to come. So it just adds a whole new dimension to the game that I really like. I actually, I think the blank game weeks are, are really fascinating. Great opinion, guys. Um, next question is going to talk about um, Salah and uh, FPL Drews asked us about um, whether it's time to bring Salah back for those that sold him. And it's actually paid off really well for the for the Salah sellers out there. Um, I think um, it, it seemed like a bit of a risky strategy, especially considering the, the amazing form that he's been in um, all season. He, he has been the gift that's, that's keep on giving, you know, kept on giving. But, uh, you know, uh, Brighton at home is, is a tough... Um, is a, a decent fixture and, and it'd be dangerous to go without Salah. So um, FPL Drew, yeah, he asked us, is it worth a minus four or even a minus eight to buy Salah back for Brighton? I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? With, uh, with Salah, I mean, he's still above uh, 40% ownership, isn't he? Uh, despite the fact there are a lot of sales in Game Week 37. Uh, I think with uh, against Brighton, they have a kept game sheet against United, but you've got to be thinking... Oh, they're going to play uh, City next. There's going to be a hangover there almost. Like you've got you got to hope that uh, the City are going to win at this point. But I think for a lot of people, Salah's going to be the nailed in captain. I mean, you've probably got the, the, the Kane factor at home against Leicester. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that the fact that Salah's got a little bit more motivation, um, that final home game of the season almost, I think he's going to have something about him which is going to be adjustable to me. Um, but Lee, I think you're you're the the Liverpool fan in situ. Uh, what's your view on Salah's explosiveness? What's he going to do? And Sam, I guess you're going to be talking us into Captain Harry Kane and forget <laughs> about Salah altogether, right? Well, I think it's I think it's a brave FPL manager that goes into uh, Liverpool versus Brighton at Anfield without him. Um, is it worth a hit to bring him back? I personally think it is. I personally think it is. I watched the Liverpool versus Chelsea game today and the whole Liverpool team looked generally pretty knackered. Um, and he looked a bit knackered as well. He looked off it. You know, he got a booking for diving, which is his first booking, I think, of the season. It's unheard of. Um, so he looked a little bit frustrated, a little bit knackered. Uh, what's different about the Brighton game is we've now got, or Liverpool have now got, a whole week's worth of rest and recuperation before we play that game. We haven't had that for many weeks, you know, with the City games and the Roma mm. games. And those games are intense. I mean, I mean, it's intense enough in our front room here. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind at the Stadio Olimpico. You know, it's, it's, it's in, those games are intense. And he's performed, generally speaking, in those games. Um, so I think with, with a week's rest um, and also the results going Brighton's way this, this weekend. So they are now safe, as, unless I've read the Premier League yeah. table right. I think they're safe. You're right. Um, so they're going to be, you know, one step, they're going to be one foot inside Gatwick, aren't they? They're going to be hopefully <laughs> on the plane off to some, you know, hot climate. And, uh, well, actually, the beach at Brighton is very nice, isn't it? They might just, they might just nip round the corner yeah, from, nice the, from the Amex. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, from a Liverpool perspective, that Brighton turn up to Anfield and are a little bit kind of cannon fodder. Um, 
And I think Salah is the key guy to have. It's going to be, again, another classic FPL family clash where I'm going to go Salah captain and I assume you're going to go Kane captain. Well, I am. And I, I think in answer to that question, you know, is it worth a hit? I've still got Salah. I'm, I'm pleased about that. But for me, if I didn't have him, the only reason I'd take a hit on him is if I was going to captain him. So if you didn't have a viable captain option... Um, then it's probably worth the hit. I don't think I'd take a hit to get him back otherwise, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm certainly going to Captain Kane. Um, and therefore, if I didn't have him in my team already, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush to get Salah back. I think um, Kane at home against Leicester, our final game at Wembley before we move home. Um, oh yeah, get sort of farewell so Wembley, isn't it? I, yeah. just, I just think that, you know, if, if Kane, if there's ever going to be a time for Kane... It's, it's then... game week when you've triple captained him. That's well, I know. Well, yeah, I know. But it, you know, in the last game at, at Wembley at, at home, I, you know, if you can call it home, um, it's it, it's. I just think I can't. You can't look past Kane as captain this week. I know you will because you're captain Salah. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, we'll be rivalry will resume in the FPL family <laughs> household. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a tough one in terms of the captain's choices. I think I'm leaning towards Salah, actually, at the moment. Um, in terms of FPL Drew's question, I think um, Salah is worth getting back in for a hit. I think he'll be fired up for that game, for sure. He'll be looking to um, potentially break the, the Premier League record for goals as well. I think he's joined with um, the likes of Ronaldo and Suarez on 31 at the moment and uh, yeah he'll be wanting to get that 32nd goal and uh, yeah like you said Lee he's, he's going to be uh, a bit more rested as well if he's got a, a week between games I think um, I think getting Salah if you've sold him and, and fair play to you if you sold him over the last couple of game weeks um, I think it's worth getting him back in and even doubling up on the likes of um, Liverpool you know I was thinking about someone like Robertson in defence maybe might be a good, yeah. good pick for that final game week and uh, Firmino uh, potentially up front um, are decent options. Um, yeah, but I think Salah is definitely worth uh, getting getting back in. Would you agree, Tom? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's basically like Russian roulette without Salah, and I think that if you don't, if you're um, without Salah for this particular game, I think you're um, going to be really struggling just because, as you Nick, Nick said and as Lee and Lee said as well, uh, he's going to be very fired up, and I think that you know, stats wise. Um, Motivation-wise and everything else-wise, I think that it's going to be very difficult to at least not be carrying him for this game. And captaincy-wise, yeah, I can see the the kind of argument for Harry Kane, um, but I think he's just just that bit far behind Salah at the moment. If he does score four or five, as Nick mm. is no doubt hoping um, <laughs> in the next game, then maybe things will be different. But at the moment, I think that Salah, you've got to think, well, he's going to at least score one. And we've seen with Harry Kane in the past as well, how well a player can do if everything's set up for that person to score. Uh, we saw over the you know new year, Harry Kane, the whole Spurs team was set up to to, to assist him. And we saw that he scored bad to bad hat-tricks. And I think that we can see something with Salah here because he, could def- he definitely score one. So your captain scoring seven points, who said basically all season, um, Nick's heeded it, I haven't. Um, but your captain basically scoring seven points is is is, is fantastic. And is but is that something you want? Well, yeah. Well, that means you captain Salah. And in terms of the question, probably would bring Salah back. And the final question this week, uh, Ian Wilson. We must all take our hats off to he uh, captained Aubameyang uh, th- this Ooh. game week. And we must also take our the hats off to FPL Booster who triple captained Aubameyang this game week. 
um, which is which is which is pretty ridiculous. But Ian Wilson throws the cat amongst the pigeons and asks, "What is the best thing and the worst thing about working with each co-host?" Oh wow! Uh, I'm not going to say the word couple because that's not. <laughs> I'm going to say to, to, to each uh, to each duo to each duo. And um, so Nick can think about his answer. I'm going to throw it your way, Liam. <laughs> uh, so what's the what's the best thing and the worst thing about working with each other? Oh, we've got to be really careful here, haven't I? I've, well, I've got to be divorced on the cards at this rate. We've got to be very careful here. What's the best and worst part about working with each each other? I get so I so for me, the, the best thing is just like Sunday nights are now like just really good fun, aren't they? I mean, yeah, whenever are, we yeah. get onto, um, whenever we start live streaming via our channel, we we we're tending to get you know, a group of really, like, loyal followers. It's our great. It's, yeah, the in-laws, so, so, you know, they tend to join most live streams and actually you get a really good conversation going. And it's great that those guys turn up every Sunday without fail to listen to our inane drivel. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really great fun to do that. Um, so that's the, that's the best bit, from my perspective, is the live streaming. It's, it's really, really good fun. Um, the, minute it stops the minute it stops becoming fun, we probably won't do it. But it is, no. it's just really good fun, isn't it? Uh, the, the worst part, now this is now where we need careful. to be. Yeah, this is got to be pretty <laughs> careful here. Um, um, maybe being 100 points behind you and having to kind of, pro you know, publicly declare that every week is a, is a <laughs> bit of a challenge. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I, so I have to go on Twitter, you know, most days and we're on YouTube a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, you know, how many points have you beaten me by this week? Is mo mo how most weeks have gone this year, let's face it. So that's probably the worst bit from my perspective is the sort of public shaming. Not public shaming, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I <haven't laughs> you. No, not at all. No, not at all. It's just the, you know, generally being... It's that, you know, I'm, I, and I said this before, it's about trying to be different and trying to do something different to you. And then when that doesn't pay off, you know, you then have to go on to, you know, onto the, the, the live stream on Sunday and say, well, yeah, you know, I captained Mane or something. And, you know, the obvious choice was to captain Kane or Salah or something. Mm -hmm. I've tried to be different. It hasn't worked out. So it's both a blessing and a curse that we do our live streams. It's great, great fun, but it's, it's, not, it's not such great fun when... Uh, Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> we just about get away with that, yeah. What about you? What do you think? Oh, goodness. No, now can I get away with it? Yeah, well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think for me, the, be the best thing has been kind of... Before we, we used to stream and before we did our, our channel and that kind of thing, it, it was very much a, an ad hoc conversation that we would have on a, on a Friday night or, or a Saturday morning. Actually, generally, it used to happen on a Saturday lunchtime because we never used to tell each other what we were doing. Until it was very the deadline. Wasn't it? Yeah, very yeah it was all very much uh, cloak and dagger stuff until until deadline had passed and then there would be a declaration from both of us as who's your captain <laughs> who's your transfer this week um and so actually i think it's made i mean we both love football we always have um and it's it's made it a bit more exciting in our house because we're constantly talking about it um, and and that's been really good this season and it, it's kind of it's made the whole just general football season a bit more interesting and we're taking an interest in games that actually in the past we wouldn't you know necessarily have even cared about um what West Brom are doing but you know Rondon has, has, has given us that, <laughs> that love. So, and that's so been... it's like your miss isn't it really yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah totally. and that's been it's been it's added another dimension to just watching football on a Sunday and and in, in a way that we didn't have when it was just us playing fantasy league against each other really um it's when my captain fouls and you're like you know nothing i just look at you with that like look of i told you so um <laughs> and I, 
like particularly with Mares over the last few weeks. Um, the worst thing, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think um, it kind of goes hand in hand what I've just said about the best thing. I think for me, one of the things that I quite used to enjoy about about fantasy league was was not necessarily telling you, and I was never very, uh, you know. We don't. We never really used to keep secrets from each other, apart from the deadline. <laughs> However, this season, Lee has made a habit of keeping secrets from me, um, and we'll talk about one thing on the stream, and then <laughs> declare next week that he's played his wild card and not told me. Yeah, or, or particularly my favourite was when we were out for lunch and the deadline passed, having told me the night before. No, I've not made any transfers. I'm sitting. Oh yeah, by the way, I, I got Kane in and I captained him. Brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, that, those, those little uh, sneaky manoeuvres that he pulls off have uh, have added some banter, I think. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I think that, as you said, it's like have, it kind of spreads that wildfire, doesn't it? Not talking to each other about the moves. Mm. Um, but I think that um, the the bad, I, I'm going to go there quickly, Nick, is that uh, obviously the last kind of few seasons, I, I've scored like four or five points more than you. And I think this year you've uh, had an uncanny ability of pull, pulling points out of your posterior. So things like you know, Ragnar Klarvan, uh, <laughs> a goal in the last, gone last minute, poking the ball in, like things like that. And it's been uh, interesting to be on the receiving end of that, uh, the receiving end of those texts, rather than being on the sending end. Um, but uh, I think the good, like, you know, uh, I, I think next season, hopefully, I'll be able to improve my game to to step up to next new level. The, the the goods obviously is that we know each other very well, so I think there's there's never really a crossword or anything. Like we both know how each other works, how each other functions, and everything is um, you know, it's all very it's all it's all very easy. And I think that if either of us had done this with anybody that we didn't know, I think that it would have been like, a little bit more difficult just because you haven't got that kind of easy familiarity and like the rapport yeah. and things is just so. Uh, you, you've got to have a husband and wife as well. Not that, not that Nick and I are that close, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, um, you've, you've got that kind of that easy sense of we know each other. Like it's, it's it's quite straightforward. Like you know, like we can we can have banter, we can have we can have a chat, and um, I think that's definitely uh, definitely detectable. Hopefully, in how we uh, how we get on. But now Nick's wants to trash me, isn't it? I, I have no <laughs> I have no plans to trash you. Um... Yeah, no, I think you make a good point, and I'd agree with that one, actually, Tom. Um, yeah, I'll also say, um, it's good hosting the pod with you. You put in a lot of effort every week in, week out to do a lot of preparation, um, meticulous planning, meticulous editing, week in, week out as well. So I think that's one of the uh, the benefits of doing this podcast with you, because you're a lot more committed <laughs> than I am to the cause in, 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 in the work. <laughs> I do some stuff as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, occasionally I say the bad stuff maybe is uh, that you get to control the edits. So uh, when I um, screw up, so to speak, it seems to make it in the pod. When you screw up, it doesn't. Such as the occasional uh, telling, telling off, uh, playing with a ruler has somehow ended up in the podcast. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, let's move on to the final section then. So captain choices and changes for the final game week of the season. 38 game weeks, we're both new to the scene, but it's felt like an awful long time in some ways, an awfully short time in others. So the final captaincy arm bang guys and the final changes. Uh, Lee and Sam, you guys go first. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a classic FPL family head-to-head. I'm, I'm going for Salah as captain. I mean, given what this guy's done for Liverpool and for FPL this year, it would seem almost wrong not to. I, I guess there's a I guess there's a faint whiff of 
you know, does he rest him for the cup final? I don't think so. We, we, we need to go into that Brighton game. And I think Klopp's comments suggest that, you know, that game is as important and they're not thinking about anything else um, until that game is done. So it's, it's Salah for me. Um, and it's came for me. Obviously, <laughs> as, suspected. <laughs> as suspected, yeah, we came for me, um, captain this week. I just don't think you can overlook that game. Um, the last game at Wembley against Leicester, who have been on the beach for about a month now, um, just makes sense to me. Fair enough. And you guys are planning any transfers as well? Yeah, well, I think because we're only part way through 37, it's kind of tough at this stage to set to um to kind of put a pin our colours to any particular mask but you mentioned you guys mentioned before I think Nick you were saying about potentially doubling up on Liverpool I think the Liverpool game looks pretty good um, you know the, the market forces suggest Zaha's a good pick I'm not going to argue with that either I think my team's got enough spurs in it already I've got um, Ericsson, Kane and Vertonghen so you know I'm not going to get rid of any of those guys uh, with Leicester at home so um, at the minute, I've only got Salah from Liverpool. Um, Robertson, I like your picnic. Um, you know, equally, Firmino, um, just as likely to get points as Salah. So maybe there's another Liverpool player in there. Um, Zahar, I quite like. I'm just having a look through the fixtures and seeing where, you know, the teams that have got something to play for versus those that haven't really got anything to play for. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of difficult. I mean, Chelsea against Newcastle, could there be a pick from Chelsea given that they might be on the cusp of a bit of a remarkable revival and an outside chance of top four? Um, but then it's who do you have? Uh, Giroud, maybe. Maybe Hazard if I can afford it, but that would mean getting rid of Salah, Salah which I'm not going to do. So um, in a very long-winded, waffly way, which we're very used to here at the FKL family, <laughs> um, I think I'm going to double up on Liverpool and get somebody else from the Reds. What are you doing? Um, I don't really know because, I mean, I've got two Liverpool, I've got three Spurs, I've got two City. I kind of feel like I've covered all the big bases. So I, mm. I sort of feel like whatever I do this week will be a little bit of a a jammy pick for one of one of our, our phrases. And I'll, I'll try and get somebody that's a, a little bit different um, just to fill in the gap. I'm probably, probably going to look to lose Lingard this week. He's annoying me. Um so I've got a little bit left Home in the to bag. Watford, Home to Watford, though? Yeah, I just, it just frustrates me because you're never certain whether he's going to start or not. Yeah, there seems sure. to be so much um, kind of toing and froing with him at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, it might be Lingard that, that makes way this week. Not sure. Um, possibly possibly one of my defenders. But I kind of... It's a, it's a bit annoying, really, because I kind of feel like I don't necessarily need to make a change this week. But given it's the last game of the season, I, I will. Yeah, I think for me, uh, in the captaincy pick, I'm leaning to I think it's a real storm of swords between uh, Kane and Salah, but I'm I'm leaning towards Salah. I think he, he makes more sense. I think Kane did really well against Leicester last season. That's what's putting me off and Leicester's horrendous form. But I don't know I don't know. I think um just Kane hasn't seemed like he's been on the pace at all for the last few game weeks and I can't see him getting a huge haul while Salah I feel like obviously he's had um you know, a couple of quiet games, but he's just been so brilliant all season. I, I can just see him outscoring Kane. So I'm leaning towards Salah. In terms of my transfers, I do like the likes of um, Robertson and Firmino, but they just don't fit into my budget, which is a bit annoying. Like mm. I've got the two premium strikers and I've got the cheap striker in Murray and I can't afford Firmino and I'm probably going to keep Jesus and Kane. And then in defence, um, the guys I'm selling are all about 4.5, 4.4. So and I've only got that zero point two in the in the bank, so I can't really get Robertson in without downgrading someone else. So at the moment, it looks like it's probably going to be someone like 
someone like Tompkins or something potentially in defence, which is really sad and boring transfer for the final game week. Mm-hmm. Or I swap out Willian for um, Zaha. But like you mentioned, Chelsea do have um, a decent fixture and they'll be up for it. So maybe Willian will play that game. So it's a tough one. Uh, I'll think about it a little bit longer. It's probably going to be it. I'm probably going to do a defensive move anyway because my defence just looks like a bit of a state. And then I might do something else. I might get rid of Glenn Murray and look at the first strike. I can't really see anyone, you know, Perez maybe, but there's, there's no one really appealing at that price. Maybe a last-minute punt on Rondon. I, I don't know. What about yeah, you, Tom? Like that. <laughs> I think Mahrez is going to go for Zaha. And I think that probably um, Charlie Austin is going to go for, for, for Rondon. Screw it. I'm, I'm, I might well do that. Um, <laughs> so just make everybody happy. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those. I think if you are uh, you know looking for motivation, I think you've only really got that. Depends on Wednesday. You've got you've maybe got Southampton. You've maybe got West Brom. And um, in terms of motivation, you've probably got Chelsea and you've probably got Liverpool. It, it, there could be a wildfire of random pumps that you can make. I think that that's probably something you should take into that game week and just think, well, leave nothing behind this season. Um, uh, let's ha- let's look forward to a better season next year, um, which probably applies to everybody, even if, even those in the top ten k, right? Okay, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> all right. So there's a theme to each pod. Last time was Lion King, and uh, veteran theme getter Andy Goodland uh, got in there first. So well done, mate. Just to reiterate, who we are, we are who got the assist. You can find us at wca underscore fpl. Yep, and our lead code is one five three eight dash one seven four zero three, and we'll be back at some point after game week thirty eight for our end of season wash up and analysis. Um, so thanks again, guys, for coming on the pod. Uh, really appreciate you guys uh, coming on um, to share your stories. Really well done as well with your video logging this season. It's um, been a great addition to the community. Thanks for having us, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been it. great. Thank you, listeners. We hope this assisted you, and we'll be back at the end of thirty eight. See you later, guys. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.